Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to the Whitetail Legacy Podcast. Tomorrow is opening day. This morning, then I have a great hunt. Deer didn't move like usual. Everybody's got to set up in this bedding thicket. Um, Saving this spot from the rut. It's a nice, I think it's a nice buck. It's a 170. That was money. I think it's down right up there. 10 yards. Whitetail Legacy Podcast. Bringing you back to the hunt and leaving a legacy. Baller rut. Welcome to the Whitetail Legacy Podcast. Coming in your ear holes. You made it another week closer to deer season. I'm actually out in the studio this episode, um, been getting the cell cams out and ready, um, but have a new partner on to talk about. I have Matt from Wreck Broadheads. Matt owns it with his dad. They started a few years ago, um, and I've been friends with him from way back, like five years ago when I started this podcast, and he had dreams of creating his own hunting line, broadhead line with his dad. Um, and they pulled it off, and they've made a very successful head. Now they're on to their third head, um, and uh, we, we break down every head in here. We also break down the origin story of, you know, why he started making broadheads and kind of the the first couple years of what they went through um, trying to get the head out to market. Um, but I'm going to be shooting these heads this year. Um, if it's After this episode, if you check them out and something that you want to use, you can save 15% by using WLP15 at checkout. Um, and every one of those broadheads that you sell, you're helping support the show as well, as also supporting Matt and his dad in their venture to make an American-made product here and be successful in the hunting industry, which is extremely hard. Um, uh, so that is the new partner for the show for the rest of the year here. 
um, Rec Broadheads. Check them out. Like I said, if it's something that you're interested, WLP, all caps, no spaces, 15. Save you 15%. Um, getting into Exodus Outdoor Gear. Um, talking about people that are making in the outdoor industry. Direct-to-consumer, high-end trail cam company. Just going strong year after year. Now they added the arrows in. So if you're needing arrows for the season, make sure and check out the Moment Arrows MMT and also the new micro diameter arrows, which I am shooting with the four vein fletching this year, which I'm absolutely loving. Um, but the Exodus update this week, the cell cams are popping. We had that hot spell. It was pretty slow out there for cams. But after that, we had this little cold pelt spell and all those bucks, boom, 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 all coming back. Really nice to see. The advantages of cell cams, I mean, there's pros and cons to them. I know everybody talks about it. For me, in my situation, in the time that I have, huge pro, um, less pressure on the deer herd, less pressure, you know, just in general out there on everything on the land. Um, and I'm just collecting data at this point. And uh, I have them in more of a summertime places. Um, I do have a couple on scrapes that I do believe that I could kill over. But these are more inventory cameras. Um, and then go in there and hunt down the bucks and kill them that way. But if you are part of my Patreon account, you know that I do have a contest going on to see. I have a map up. I showcased a video where I hung every single one of my cams, talked about why I hung it there, showed it on a map, and talked about what I got there on cam. And what I'm doing is the person that corrects, correctly picks one of the six cams, so one through six, um, say you pick number one, and the biggest velvet buck is on that cam, uh, you know, number one, then you win a good set mobile system um, where you can hang your cameras up high, mount it to your tree stand, and everyone that picks the correct uh, camera is going to get sent one of those systems um, from good set mobiles. Um, if you haven't checked them out, that's a good buddy of mine, but um, he was just on Jake Bush's podcast in session last week. Um, so if you want to get a little bit more information, you can check out that podcast as well. Um, but if you're not part of my uh, Patreon account, that ends at the end of the month. So you guys have a few more days to get in there and uh, and get this done, but not very many. So the first of the month, I'm going to be drawing that. So if you're listening to this and you want to get in the drawing, pick the camera, make sure and sign up for that Patreon account. On there, I'm also going over my tree stand setups. Every time I go out to hunt, I'll be making a post of where I hunted, what I got going on, how it worked, what I'm going to change. I'm going to get the most update information of what I got going on in the season, when I'm making move, what bucks I'm targeting. I'm not going to mention any of the deer that I have on cam this year, not talk about any of them. That's only for Patreon-specific people that want to support the show. Um, so if that's something that you're interested in, check out the Patreon. I'd really appreciate it. All right, let's get in the show with Matt. Here we go. All right, we got my good buddy Matt on. How's it going tonight? What is going on, brother? Not much. Just back in the studio for the first episode in probably six months. Um, I've been recording everything upstairs. My wife didn't run any AC up there today, um, and it legitimately was hotter up there than it was outside and i think it's like 92 outside right now <laughs> so oh man it was brutal i was like i'm not gonna sweat box this out so i came out to the studio ain't fired the old ac up out here for since last summer 
She kicked right on, blowing cold air. So we lucked out and we're recording the episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this weather is no joke. Oh, yeah. Just like we were saying, it's hard to get motivated for deer hunting or deer season. Uh, but I wanted to have you on this time of the year because this time of the year is the most important time of the year for a whitetail hunter, in my opinion, is you got to figure out what gear you're going to run. You got to get comfortable with that gear. You need to start shooting your bows like me. I'm buying range uh, finder batteries. Uh, you know, getting more batteries for my GoPros, my cameras, etc. Um, shit that broke last year, I'm replacing that I should have been doing in January. But now it's like it's almost here, so you got to get your stuff together. You know, pick out what broadhead you're using. You know, a lot of a lot of people are still buying arrows this time of year. Um, so it's a busy time for hunters, even though we can't get out in the woods. But help, some people are going to be mule deer hunting and elk hunting real quick here. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's time to get serious. It's uh, it's heating up and it's coming. People are are heading out, hitting the road, and actually we're heading out on Tuesday. Um, so we're uh, it's it's here, guys. It's time know, to. That's crazy. I'm time jealous. to get ready. Yeah, I'm jealous. You, every year you guys go, you've been having some hella good years out there, man. You got something figured out out there, and uh, one year, one year, I'm gonna make that happen. So yeah, yeah, we gotta get you out there. I uh, we, we have a lot of fun on that trip every year. I know it seems like a blast, man, and it, just the opportunity to hunt that early and let alone kill giant bucks too. Like um, that, that that's always a great plus, you know, to get a buck down that early. You're like, hell yeah, it's gonna be a good year. <laughs> yeah, it really is. I mean, you know, you you go out there and you you hunt and come back, and it's like everybody's just kind of starting to dust their bow off and stuff. And you've already got a, a whole whole uh trip underneath your belt yeah. so it's uh it's nice to get an early start work the bugs out for the year and kind of uh set the pace i guess probably really fires you up for bow season up here too to get that you know get the encounters and shit in you're like all right i'm back in the game and then you kind of come back here and hunting's probably not near as good for the first month and then you're no. getting back into some good stuff yeah especially here in michigan we we open october 1st so you know you head out september 1st to the dakotas and uh you know you hunt for a week or two and you come back and it's like oh man now now what do I do? I'm just all amped up and ready to go, but I gotta I gotta sit and wait for uh, season to open back up here. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I was thinking, man. You go out there and just like a guy elk hunting, I guess you're kind of planning for that all year. You go out there for a couple week rip, and then you gotta wait to come back and and try to hunt down a a whitetail when your state opens. We we open October first as well, and um, I've, I've been doing less and less um, summer whitetail work. And finding that I have more success just leaving my woods alone for the amount of deer, like higher age class deer that are there. Um, I tried the food plot game thing. Other than a late season food plot, man, there's just so much ag around me and acorns and shit. I can't compete that I, with a unless I had something giant, you know, to draw them in. But like I plant an acre bean plot, it's smoked. You know, it's it's gone. There's just the the deer population is too yeah. high for what I can support to have any food when the beans are going to come in, you know, in season when you can actually hunt over them. Um, so without doing that and then not running any cams on public land this year, my summer has been joyful. I haven't been out there with the mosquitoes and the spider webs sweating through my blue poison jeans. Ivy. Yeah. <laughs> just, I, I, <laughs> out, man. I don't get poison Ivy. I don't know. How uh, you're I'm one of those guys. Yeah, huh? I'm one of those guys. I can wall around <laughs> in it and, my, you know, my hunting old hunting buddy he'd always be like you you got to hang this set and i'd go up there and just grab the vine and rip it off and you know and pull it all the way off the tree so when we went back we'd be good to, he'd be good to go but i never for some reason never got 
any poison ivy. I don't know. Like, and I envy guy, that. Yeah, the guy I work with, dude, if he, like, smells it, it's in his nose and all, he just blows up, you know, and can't do anything, but... Yeah. Yeah. That's me. I look at the stuff and, you know, I'd be five foot away from it. And somehow I'll end up with a big old rash in my arm or whatnot. And it's, uh, yeah, it's no fun, man. All right. Well, uh, let's get into the, the reason we have you on. So we don't waste your whole night. You are the owner of rec broadheads. Um, and I thought it'd be really cool to get the origin story. We talked at ATA, um, at the very beginning of the year. Um, and we had you on for one episode, um, during that time, kind of my off season, um, episode and uh, wanted to have you back on and uh, and just go through the story of how how it started. I got some stuff I want to add as well, um, but before we get into that, just do a quick introduction of who you are, and then we'll get right in it. Yeah, man. Well, first and foremost, I uh, you know thanks for having me on. I really appreciate you letting me come on and tell a little bit of the wreck story and, and uh, catching up with you. So appreciate that. And uh, yeah, so uh, we're, we're actually a family owned company. Uh, my dad and I co-founded the company together um and uh, his background but as background is he has worked in manufacturing for 42 plus years and uh he's designed all sorts of cool machines and, and worked on some really cool projects um in his career and so he's got a, a lot of knowledge there um and i in the past have worked uh with some hunting companies and kind of ran uh, some youtube hunting shows stuff with friends and whatnot um, never made a, a full-time career or anything out of it. Kind of got uh, pretty involved in the marketing side of the hunting industry. And, uh, you know, that, that was kind of the, the perfect storm for my dad and I to, to come up with. Uh, and uh, how it started is, you know, him and I uh, pretty much travel the country bow hunting every year. We, we love to hunt whitetails and, you know, we don't have a ton of big whitetails here in Michigan. And so we, uh, we tend to travel a lot. And from a, a young tree hunting hunting deer and, and shot just about every broadhead you could imagine you know we, we've tried them all and over the years we shot some really good broadheads and uh, we also shot some really bad broadheads we had some fail on us and and in other things and uh you know we just thought that we could add our our twist to the broadhead market and kind of design it a little better a little more reliable and also make it really fast. So uh, with his background and my background, we, we figured that we could uh, start this company and really have a serious run at it. So in 2018, we started designing our first head, an expandable head. Uh, designing that took us two years to bring that to market. And uh, we brought it to market right as soon as uh, the COVID pandemic hit in uh, February of 2020. Um, we brought it in uh, uh, to an online factory direct um, sale. We, uh, we didn't have any retailers or anything like that. And we sold uh, the first year online and uh, introduced our FXD head that year also, the, the two-blade fixed head. And uh, coming into year two, we had some uh, dealers show interest in, in the broadheads. So we, we brought them into oh, maybe 20 or 30 dealers that, that second year. And then uh, going into year three, things kind of got pretty serious. And we had some uh, uh, quite a bit more um, interest from dealers and retailers, uh, nationwide retailers even. And uh, so we're, we're about three years into the actual sale of these, um, five years into the whole process, and things are just really, uh, really taking off and going well. People are liking the product, and uh, we're having fun with it, and we're just going to keep moving forward. Yeah, yeah. so a couple of things, a couple of reasons why I really love the head. For one, you, man, you're, you, I've known you for like five years now. You're one of the very first people I had on this show way back in the day, um, uh, and 
I think we had you on a Legend of the Woods series with Alex, didn't we? We did. Yeah. 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 I mean, what, a, what, a, I mean, that was like five years ago, four and a half years ago. <laughs> Crazy how fast time goes. Um, but we kind of struck up a friendship and then we met at ATA, you know, kind of multiple years there um, and chatted. And uh, I, I never knew you had an interest in it until that, that one year at ATA, you were, you were talking to some people about it. And um, what, the one thing I wanted to say, which I think is really awesome is, you know, we're at ATA and you're there, you're talking to, uh, you know, a successful broadhead dealer. I'm there listening and, and uh, he pretty much tells you to, to not do it, hang it up. You, you, you can't do it. It's impossible. It ain't worth your time, blah, blah, blah. And man, you proved that guy wrong, dude. So props to you um, for knowing what you want to do and going after it. And um, like I said, having your dad, you know, in, in the industry of kind of knowing the ins and outs, I'm sure helped motivate you and, and give you some success as well. But if that would have been me, in that moment, I'd been like, man, is this the right choice? You know, it's a big, it's a big choice to bring something because there's so many other heads out there that you're competing against. And, um, it really is a tough market. And then, you know, there's those companies that come out for one year and they're, they blow it out. They spend a bunch of money on promotions and this guy's shooting the head and then he's, they're gone because they get bought up by some other company and people don't understand where they go. Um, but for me and you have talked to people, they get bought up by some other company and they don't produce their heads anymore. Cause it's a competition for another, another company. So props to you for, for sticking it out in a dog eat dog world, man. Yeah. Well, well, thanks for that. It's uh it's definitely interesting process and, and a absolutely, uh, a large learning curve, uh, mostly on the business side of things. You know, there's, there's a lot more goes into to building a, a brand like this and a, and a and a quality product like this and, and getting it distributed to retailers and customers. And, you know, there's, there's more to it than I could have ever imagined. You know, this being our first time ever, uh, uh building a brand or a product such as this, it's, it's, uh, just been a lot of uh, new stuff for us. Um, luckily we've had a lot of, a lot of help along of, uh, kind of been through this process and been through the ring of reform kind of guiding us a little bit here and there. And, uh, you know, we're still learning new, new things every day, but, you know, we're just, uh, you know, we're just working guys like everybody else, you know, and at the end of the day, this isn't really uh, about us getting rich by any means, you know, you have to make money to keep the business going, but you know, this is more about us creating quality products for bow hunters, just like you and I that, uh, you know, could possibly, uh, uh, impact their hunt in a better way. You know, just, uh, we don't want to see broadheads fail. We want to put faith back in the expandable broadhead. Of course, fixed heads are coming on. We introduced the FX4 last year, which has become very popular. Um, but you know, that's at the end of the day, we're bow hunters. We want to just build, build products for something that we can trust. And, uh, I mean, I think when you go into it with that mindset, you know, it's, uh, it's pretty hard to fail when you're, you're just, uh, trying to, to do the honest, honest thing here, you know? Yeah. When you're trying to make something that you want to shoot and you know, you're not, you're not really, you're, you're putting in the money where it counts. Like your point, you're, you're you have like one of the heaviest front points on any broadhead out there, dude. And then the ability to exchange broadhead or uh, blades. So say you got an elk hunt, you have to shoot fixed blades. You can use the same damn heads and flip, uh, you know, switch the blades. I don't know if a lot of other companies offer that. It's not something that I have seen. Um, but, and then another thing that I also really love that you did, you didn't try to go two and a half inches wide, you know, on the, your mechanicals you kept it simple 
something that's going to work that 1.85 inches um because you get you get something wider than that which i know we both shot heads like that they don't perform like they should you know there's too much drag too much slowdown um but uh i'm a mechanical guy probably getting some slack for that um i shot fixed blade last year which was okay um but let's get into the xp a little bit because that's that's what I, I like a lot um so go ahead and explain the xp uh, to the listeners yeah so the xp um you know that and that was the first head we designed you know and uh like you said you some some people kind of have a bad taste in their mouth for expandable broadheads and you know i just uh I don't really think it, it needs to be that way because I, I know there's some bad expandables out there that, you know, fail to open or open um, in flight and, and things of such. And those are some of the problems that we had that we wanted to, to address. So the XP, uh, we went to work on that thing. And, and really the goal was to beef this expandable head up and make it so simple that it could not fail. So we uh, we beefed the, the blades up. We made uh, the blades 39,000 thick and, uh, um, you know, they just, they just hold up better to bone. Um, they're razor sharp out of the package and uh that chisel tip you're talking about that's a hardened 416 stainless steel tip and uh i think i want to say that, that that tip weighs around 40 grain itself so you know a lot of the weight of that brought is right up on the, the front of it and uh we uh we use a 7075 aluminum ferrule on these and really i mean w- without showing you a picture of it you'd have to look them up just to see you can just look at the head and know that you, you have a quality head that's going to hold up to hard impacts um, and we stayed under two inch with that, that cutting diameter on that also, because we like to see a pass through, you know, I, I know a lot of that is dependent on your setup, you know, whether you're pulling 60 pounds or, or 70 pounds or your arrow weight or whatnot, draw length. Um, but really when you start to get over two inch, you start to, uh, to lose a little bit of penetration and we want to see a pass through, you know, get that animal bleeding out both sides. Um, we also incorporated, incorporated our patented spring retention collar on there, which what that does, if it, it gives you, gives the blades a little bit of flexibility when you're uh, bumping these things around your quiver, bumping them up tree branches, um, grass, whatnot, when you're spotting the stalk and whatever it might be, these blades will actually snap slightly open. Then they will close right back into the closed position. An actual frontal impact uh, breaks that, that spring retention collar right free and uh, sets sets the blades into the d- deployed state. And it, uh, it takes four pounds of break those free so it's a pretty universal system that really has to be a frontal impact to open the blades and uh the cool thing about it is it only takes four pounds of force to deploy those so you don't lose a ton of energy but it's also rated for crossbows up to 450 feet per second yeah i know that's awesome this is what my boy is going to be shooting as well uh, to get his first year and that was something we were looking for um the thing about a mechanical for in my mind for a kid is the blades are a little bit more hidden than an expandable. Um, so if you were to have an accident out there with your kid trying to load an arrow by itself or something, um, I just, in my mind, I see them, because I've done it myself, um, a regular fixed blade broadhead will cut you way quicker than an expandable will because the blades aren't, the blades are full out there. You know, they're they're ready to go at any time. Um, and with the mechanicals, they're kind of hidden. Um, and, I, I mean, just for me, I've always had better luck at long ranges with mechanicals shooting um, because I probably can't tune my bow as well as a lot of other guys do. <laughs> yeah, same, but, uh, same. But, you know, I, I've always been a mechanical guy because it's an easy um, screw on. And that's that's the one thing that, um, in my mind, you got to be confident in your bow. 
you got to be confident with these new sites that are out, like whether you have, a, you know, a three pin, a one pin, a, a digital slide, a slider, you have to be confident and understand how that thing works at different yardage. Um, I ran a single pin HHA for a long time, for two years, and I was so – I killed deer with that thing, but I was so nervous where to set that pin because I'm like, do I set it at 30? Do I set it at 20? Am I going to have time to change this when a deer comes in? You know, and it was just something that I had to change. And then I was like, I'm going to get a four pin, you know, and then set the pins. And then I end up ripping a pin out of it. So I can't, I probably couldn't resell it because I ripped the full pin and the fibers out and everything. But now it's a three pin, open the site picture up. But now I have those set yardage. So I don't have that constant worry in my head. If I can fine tune it, I'll fine tune it. But if not, you know, I can, I can pick 20, 30, 40 and be ready to shoot just off the pins. Um, and then, you know, your arrows are next. You got to be confident in your arrow. It's got to be flying good. And then your broadhead, man. If you're not confident in your broadhead, that's going to be the first excuse when you shoot that deer and can't find it. It's going to be like, oh, broadhead. But if you're confident in the broadhead, you know you're like, all right, something's happened. Deer's probably dead. I just got to find it. You know, and there's so many stories out there about, oh, this broadhead, you know, messed up or this broadhead didn't work, didn't cut, whatever. Um, but it's just really good to get something that you know is nice, well bit, built, tested, and then you just go kill the damn deer, you know, and you don't have to have that in your mind about this is the first year this broadhead's out. You know, I've shot it into foam, but how's it going to react in a deer, you know? Well, that's just it. You know, I think, you know, and that's the cool thing about bow hunting is there is so many different options out there and everybody has their own preference. But, you know, at the end of the day, it comes down to really just being 100% confident in your gear from, from top to bottom, you know, from, from your site to your, your rows, your broadheads, everything you mentioned, you know, you, you don't want to have any doubt in your mind when you draw back on an animal, you know, first and foremost, you're taking an animal's life, you know, you owe it to the animal to use quality gear that you believe in and you're, you're accurate with, you know, and, and, uh, but you know, it's just a, just the mind game itself. You know, you got to believe in what you're shooting and that's something we wanted to take out of the equation was failure with, with our designs is we wanted there to be no chance for failure. Absolutely no chance. And, um, you know, everything's made right here in the U S too. You know, sometimes you hear about these companies, uh, getting sold off to a big holding group and, and, uh, they, they move their manufacturing overseas and, you know, the quality control just isn't there. And, and, uh, you know, the, the tolerances go to crap and, and, you know, you, you'll get ahead that the blades are all whomped out on, or, uh, you know, they're not put together correctly. And it's like, you know, that's, that's just stuff you shouldn't have to worry about. Yeah. That's what I was saying earlier. You know, when I, before I was in the industry and talked to guys, I just thought there was like a hundred different companies out there selling stuff. You know, I didn't know it was like five companies that run everything. And then you got the guys like you that are out there slinging, their product but the the good thing about that is you you guys are focused on one thing you know you don't have 30 broadheads and arrows and backpacks and been blinds and all that shit to worry about you're focused on making good broadheads um and that's something that's lost in the hunting industry i believe is you you even if you had a problem you call this company you're not going to get someone that actually knows what the hell you're even talking about probably more than likely because they're working for someone that's paying them that's paying someone else that's paying someone else and that's the guy who's making the product <laughs> you know it's just like you can't yeah. you can't get to anybody to even get an answer um, or get any information because 
you don't know who to call. And it's just like, for me, like, I'm like, I'd like to talk to this company. And you realize that their social media is ran by someone else. Their website's ran by someone else. Like, everything is ran by a third party that's run by another third party. And then it's connected to the company. And then that company's huge. Um, so I, it, this, my brand has kind of been, been more of a, these guys are doing their thing. I like what they got going on. Just like with Exodus, you know, small company, not in a giant group of stuff. They are, you know, they are growing products, which is awesome. Um, but you can call and talk to one of those dudes, just like I can call and talk to you, you know, or call and talk. Yeah. To that's just, that's just it, man. That's, you know, we're, we're, uh, we're not here wearing suit and ties, you know, sitting behind a desk and punching numbers and, you know, we, we want to talk to the people. We want to talk to the customers. We want to hear the reviews. And, you know, I, I get it. You know, as a company grows, you've got to kind of channel some of those things out and uh, you know, become more efficient with, with having social media managers and whatnot. But, you know, I, I always want to remain fully, uh, you know, working within the brand just because it's, it's just such a cool, uh, cool industry to work in, you know, to be able to talk to people. And you know, we've always uh, taken the customer service very seriously. You know, we want to, we want to know what our, our people need, what they want to see and how we can help them. That's what we're here to do. Yeah. That's like I said, that's something that you, you know, you can be involved with, with this and, um, you know, you can take pride in it because this, this is your, you know, this is your baby. You want it to do well. You know, you're, you put so many, many hours and work in this. You want to see it succeed. Just like I want to see my kids succeed. You know, it's, it's the same thing. And I feel like that's when someone sells out, that company's just looking for the, a dollar bill. They're not looking, you know, they know people are going to buy the product because it has a name, but they could care less, you know, what people think about it because, they're going to tie it to some person that's going to shoot it. That's going to make sales. Um, and that's how the outdoor industry is run, which is, it's terrible, man, but that's just how it is. I, there's no if and buts about it, but, um, let's talk about the, let's talk about your new fixed blade for this year. You guys did have the FXD, correct? But you switched it up and came out with a new one this year at ATA. Yep. Well, actually that was, uh, would have been last year. We came up oh, with that, the FX4. Okay. Uh, yeah, FX4. This year we, we brought them all available in 125 greens. So oh, we have yeah, 100 and 125, but the FX4 is still fairly new. And a lot of retailers just brought that one in this year. Um, but this year we've really seen a, a spike in sales on that and it's surpassed our other heads to actually become the best seller. You know, I, I myself, am still a big mechanical guy. I still like, you know, those, those massive, uh, cuts that you get from them and the massive blood trails but i carry both my quiver because you know the fx4 is such a sweet little head and a lot of people are going back to fixed heads now and uh and it's just you know the, the cool thing about it is just how well it flies i think you don't it's kind of hard to find a fixed head that will fly extremely true you know i, I know there's a lot of other factors in that as well you know make sure your bow is tuned and whatnot but this is a, a fixed head that you can screw on and you're you're 99% of the time going to be hitting right there with your field points. So it's uh that's what people uh, really like about it. And that's some of the, the feedback we've been getting over and over. Yeah. That's super valuable for a fixed blade. Cause that's, you know, and when you get into those smaller sized heads, you can kind of pull that off, but you have that smaller size head, but you still have that heavy front point, which a lot of people lose when they, when they go to a, you know, a smaller, a smaller fixed blade. Yeah, and a lot of a lot of, there's a lot of hype right now around you know kind of the tool steel. Um, I won't mention any any names, but the the fancy steels and the cut on contact style fixed heads and whatnot. But I'll be honest with you, man. I'll put this FX4 up against any of those heads for for not only durability but flight, everything. I mean, the penetration. This thing, 
it's a hell of a broadhead and it's just got that big old beefy chisel tip on it that you know it's designed to separate bone um but you know I, i've tested them side by side through ballistic gel with some of the the premier contact heads on the market and i mean this thing is outperforming <laughs> a good majority of them if not all of them yeah that's that's what i've seen too it's i like i said that that head is what draws me because a lot of those fixed blades they're blade right on the start you know they're yep they're blade right on the start and i feel like you have that big chisel tip it, it's it's going to cut as well. I mean, it's not dull by any means. Um, it's going to cut, but you just have that force to blow through. If you get right into a rib right off the bat, you got that big chisel tip to get in there um, where you have that blade that's so – it's already to a really, really fine point. And if you hit directly on that fine point, you know, you're not you're not going to have the, the power to, to push through unless you're shooting the heavy pound bow, which – I had that shoulder problem, which I'm five finally have come out of it. I've shot 65 pounds for ever, which is mm-hmm. it's a pretty light for a guy that's built like me, you know. Um, but I'm just more comfortable like that. And uh, I've uh, I've never had a problem with not getting a pass through. But it's nice to to know that with that big heavy point, if you do run into something, because everybody shot a deer in the shoulder, dude. I mean, like, or oh, know, I've known a guy that shot a deer in the shoulder or something, and I've done it. I've uh, set, trying to double buck many years ago. Um, it's in October, I killed one October fifteenth. I'm back out there like the twenty sixth or twenty seventh, and I hit one directly high in the shoulder. You know, and you track little specks of blood, and you're like, "This deer's gone." You know, he ain't hurt right now. <laughs> Arrows hanging out of him. You know, two foot. You're like, "Damn it!" But that's just part of hunting. You know, so. But like I said, if you have a quality head, you can't. You you just have to put it on yourself. Then you know your gear's solid. Because if you miss a deer, if you wound a deer, you get pretty like worried about your setup or worried about your shooting. And there's there's a lot of stuff that kind of make you nervous from that point on. And if you can kind of say, okay, it's not my arrows. I got really good arrows. It's not my broadheads. You know, I don't have a Chinese made head on there that maybe malfunction. I know the broadhead's good. You know, let's check my, my site. It's solid. Okay, I, I messed up on the shot. Um, because if a lot of people are like me, hell, the first couple big bucks I took, I, like, blacked out when I took the shot. You know? <laughs> I was, like, in, the, in that, you know, that, you know, buck fever mode, and you, you're like, I'm pretty sure I made a good shot, but I'm not exactly sure where I hit him. I kind of just blacked out, you know? And, you know, I made yep. good shots, and they didn't run very far, um, but – I'm one of those guys that if I don't see the deer go down, I start second guessing stuff real quick. <laughs> I'm like, oh I, man, that's me every I'm, time. I'm like, every time. Like, I had a camera guy with me forever. I'm like, you see him go down? He's like, yeah, he's down. I'm like, are you sure? He's like, not, <laughs> not gonna get up. He's like, no, dude, he's down. I'm like, all right, are, are you sure? And like, 15 minutes later, I'm like, you seen him? Like, he's on the ground. You can see him right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, okay, we're good. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that first few minutes after the shot is the most uh, stressful. You know, you're just running it back through your head over and over again. You know, just uh, did I hit him right? Did I hit him good? Well, I think I hit him good, but I, man, I'm just not sure. You know, I always second yeah. guess <laughs> Yeah, if he, if you don't, if I don't see him go down, I'm always on the, on the face. Yep. Um, one thing I want to talk about with these the broadheads this year not just this year the last probably three years price has some of them are just out of this world in my opinion um for i know that they're i don't want to get into any names or anything but i know there's broadheads out there that are very 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 expensive 
Um, so I wanted to kind of go over price with you just a little bit on what the heads are, just so if a guy's on the fence, he can get the information right here. So for the XPs, um, you're getting three packs. You're getting the retention rings, replaceable braids. What's a what's a pack of XP running at uh, at a retailer? Yep. So you'll see them uh, anywhere from forty four ninety nine to forty nine ninety nine. Yeah. Uh, you know, kind of kind of right in there with with everybody around the fifty dollar range. Yeah, that's um, good. That's yeah, good. it's uh, you know, there has been a, a, a big increase in in materials you know we we've noticed it um this year we kind of ate some of those costs just you know it's kind of kind of a tight spot to be in being the new brand on the market you know you kind of have to pick you know do i want to go with a really high price point um or do i want to you know kind of come in the middle or do i want to go lower where, where do i want to fall yeah. but you know we yeah. we try to uh not reflect that uh into into the price that brought us this year i mean i could foresee in the near future where they're just going to have to go up just because, you know, everything else has this, uh, this economy we're in has kind of gotten crazy, but mm-hmm. so we're, we're trying to stay competitive with, with the others there. Um, and you know, especially being an American made product, it's hard to do as well. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Amer- you know, during that COVID year, I'm sure it was extremely hard to even get, you know, everybody was struggling to get metal, get, you know, shit done because nobody was working for one. And then everybody was back backlogged. And, um, but you know, it's like you said, it's, there's some heads out there that, over the last two years, I've seen jump substantial price, um, and they're Chinese made heads. And you're like, man, I, you know, did China up their wages a lot? I mean, maybe ship, <laughs> maybe shipping, maybe shipping got a little bit expenses. Or are these companies seeing the trend of broadheads going up? So like, hell, I'm gonna get an extra eight bucks out of these guys. You know, like right, that's right. what I think a lot of it is. Is they see the trend of, you know, the broadheads going up, they're gonna say, well, I'm gonna get an extra you know, five bucks from these guys, every pack I can get. And uh, respectable to you for staying right there with, you know, that's pretty much you got multiple Chinese, you know, different country made medals right there at that forty nine ninety nine mark um, right there with you guys. And you know that they're making more money on you than, than you are a pack. It's just because where they're making them, where they're getting their product, you know? So, um, it's like I said, it's a tough market to be in, but you guys are doing it right. I got to meet your dad down at ATA. Um, had a good time with him. Um, I, th- I bet you he could tell some stories, man. You get get after hours with him and hang out. I bet <laughs> you it'd be a pretty good time. But uh, oh yeah, but yeah, we uh, I I kept it pretty low key this year at ATA, which is strange for me. I normally I normally go pretty crazy, but I kind of kept her down low stayed inside <laughs> yeah that was us too man i don't think we uh yeah we uh we didn't we didn't do a whole lot other than you know work work the booth and uh yeah once you do that all day you're ready to just go back and do nothing <laughs> yeah literally i mean you know i i think i might have had two beers the entire time we were down there yeah. so we, uh, yeah it was uh it, it's it's work it really is yeah yeah people think that show is great until you run a booth and then you're like oh my god this is <laughs> i paid money yeah. to be here like my god <laughs> this is hard well, by the third day at uh, ata last year there i i had lost my voice i couldn't yeah. even talk yeah you yeah know? it's just you're talking to so many people and then everybody's trying to make a deal and it's just it's a lot but i i like uh other companies and stuff they go to like that seven day eight day show up on the east coast Oh, in Harrisburg. I'm like, you guys are wilding out, dude. <laughs> yeah, that's... Oh, my gosh. I couldn't imagine a week straight of showing up there 
and uh, and talking deer hunting. <laughs> I'd be burnt out on the third day. I'd be like, I know it, I know you're it. You're eating and, uh, crappy food. You're standing up all day. But hey, dude, I'll tell you what. You had that those mats down, and you had a chair at ATA. Man, I'd have paid good money for that chair just to come hang out with you guys <laughs> those chairs were where it was oh, at yeah those chairs were nice dude that's was, right i'm like it's that's hard to find a chair at ata sometimes i'm like i gotta hang out with actually someone that i enjoy talking to you know and, <laughs> no are you planning on going this year i don't know i'm not sure man i i have nothing that's drawing me there um yep. i bo- do believe that we're gonna put a film in the badlands film festival um i have a oh, really nice. really cool idea that i think if we can pull it off will be something different that nobody's done which is yeah which is hard to say i know but um i ran it by some guys last year while we were there and they're like holy shit dude you got to get this done and then um kind of teamed up with another guy we, we need to get it racked down um we're hoping to get a very we we have some stock very very clean kills you know um but we're hoping to get another very very clean you know whitetail kill um this year to throw in the film but if that would to be you know in the show i definitely would drive out there to to see that um you know you're not gonna win um just because the the way the show is um more than likely you're not gonna win but it'd be very cool to see see your show up there Um, oh yeah just to see yourself on the big screen there i mean that's that's such a cool event take my wife down there you know she she kind of understands the whole podcast thing. I've been doing it so long, um, the filming thing. Um, but she's, I think once she's seen the crowd and seen the show, she would really realize why there's a draw to do it and uh, the reason that you have fun doing it, you know, because it's, it's cool to bring that story to life. Um, but, yeah, that, that would be, unless, you know, that would be the reason I was there unless, um, you know, Exodus don't go to ATA. Um, they've been asking for some people to work the booths at show and stuff, but, if I'm not helping someone out to be there, I'm probably not going to show up. Because me walking yep. around, I'm not really on in the market to make a lot of deals like a lot of other people. Just because, one, um, I don't want to pimp myself out because I don't have a lot, a lot of time, you know, to be honest with you. I just want to be valuable to people that work with me, and that's that's about it. And I feel like that's what ATA is for, for a guy like me. I'm not going down there doing videos on product and stuff. Um, yep. If you're a yep. guy that's doing that, you almost got to go, you know, because everything's new, fresh, coming out. You get your hands on it. Um, but I don't see myself going this year. Um, but I missed, a, I missed a couple years there and then ended up going again. It's always a good time. Um, but, man, by the time you drive there, pay for the hotel, let alone have to pay for a booth like you, um, it, it gets pretty pretty costly so yeah it's expensive for sure and uh, uh this year's in in st louis so it'll be interesting to see i've never been to st louis i've heard heard some things so we'll uh we'll see if we will make it out of there yeah uh, yeah i mean st louis probably wouldn't be too bad it depends on where it's at <laughs> you might get you might not want to get too deep on the streets at night you know but <laughs> you'd be all right oh <laughs> uh, man when we uh they had it um they had it in Indianapolis. What was the other play in Kentucky, right? What was what the hell? Yeah, Louisville. Louisville. Okay, where was it? Where was it last year? It was in Louisville, right? Or no, uh, last year was Indy. It was Indy. Yeah. So Louisville, yep. way crazier than uh, than Indianapolis. When I went to Louisville, oh, yeah. golly man, it was it was radical. There was 
there was people riding mechanical bulls facing each other and all kind. Of <laughs> 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 it was oh, it was a lot of stuff going on, a lot to take. Yeah, uh, yeah, but, but yeah, they had whole bars closed down just for people that had ATA badges. And you can imagine the crowd that was in there, you know, it was no way. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was, it was radical. So, man, you can tell I don't get out much. Cause yeah. I, I didn't even know about that. Yeah. They had a whole, they had like a, wow. it was like eight or 10 bars all together. And one of them was only for ATA people for ATA. Um, no so, kidding. Yeah. So it was cool. We went there. It was only for like the first, uh, first half of the, the night. And of course, they had PBR on sale, so I got a bucket of PBRs, and then I felt like crap all night. <laughs> uh, don't, yeah, don't that's start a, off that hard, you know. Got you know. It's five, not exactly yeah. my flavor. Yeah, the me, old PBR. Me neither, but I'm just like, oh, I'm in for the deal, you know. It's the only deal I'm gonna get all night. <laughs> right, right. Me and homie were we uh we went down there that <clears throat> let's see we went down there we had a hotel. They, they we didn't get down there till late, so they gave our hotel room to someone else. But they said they'd have one for us the next night. Oh, jeez! So we slept in the hospital parking lot in the truck. Oh no! And then went That's... to the, then went to the show and worked the booth all day. That sounds horrible. <laughs> oh my god! I was brushing my teeth outside the truck. You know, like five thirty in the morning, and like nurses and stuff are walking out. I'm like, hey, how's it going? <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, it was brutal. And we were like, you know, well, it, it won't be that bad. Oh, it was horrid. You know, you got a couple hours. You're already there late. You're lucky you're going to get four or five hours of sleep, you know, and then you're like, now we get to sleep in the truck in the ho- hospital parking lot. About right yeah, before. everyone's probably like, these, these damn bow hunters are back in yeah, town. Yeah, right <laughs> when I was about to go to sleep, the trash guy come through about 2.30 in the morning. I'm about about racked out real good, and then there's a bang, and I'm like, someone's breaking in the truck. <laughs> <laughs> nope, there's a trash truck over there, but yeah, it's it's fun. But yeah, like I said, I I don't know if this year, um, I'll I'll make it down there or not. But well, anything we'll get else? that film in there. Yeah, and we'll yeah, see you there. yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, I can get that film in there, and hopefully the, you know, nothing against the Bad Then Films Festival, but I, I don't know if the energy was down last year or what it was. But man, it just didn't feel the same to me that it normally does um, from the years yeah. prior. Um, I agree. It was kind of kind of slow in there. The, the, there wasn't even the hooping in Harlan like they you know they normally is. Um, but um, anything else you want to say before we close this up? Um, no, man, no. I just uh, you know thanks for uh, having me on and uh, you know letting us. Let me talk a little bit about the heads there, and you know, I'm uh, I'm glad to see that the podcast is going well, and you continue to grow. You know, you're doing a great job with that. And that's, yeah, uh, and the listeners, stuff, man. listeners are kicking ass, man. I've had it's crazy that the the people keep coming back to to listen to me stumble and not speak very well, but hey, I I love them for it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're just bow hunters, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. I've been doing it for a long time, and I still struggle to get set up sometimes. So nef- nothing professional over here, but we're we're making it happen, man. So I appreciate your time. Right. Yeah, thanks so much. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode with Matt. I surely did. If you guys know anything about my show and me over the last you know five, six years of doing this, I don't partner with a lot of people. I do that for a reason. Um, every ad read partner that I've had on here long term um, has been a good friend of mine or helping out a company. A lot of times I'm doing it for free um, and uh, trying to get the name up for the company. Me, Matt, um, he's been a really good friend to me for many years. Um, I want to see him do good. That's why I wanted to bring him on the show. 
He is a newer broadhead company that has been out for a couple years, has a really high-end quality, has a lot of success, but a lot of people just haven't heard the name. So mean a lot to me if you checked out Rec, R-E-K, Broadheads. Um, they have mechanical, fixed blades, whatever you need. Um, they have the option for it. Um, and if you're looking for new broadheads, um, that's I'm going to be shooting the uh, two-blade expandable. My boy is also going to be shooting the two-blade uh, two expandable because it is um, able to shoot off of crossbows up to 450 feet. So my boy is going to be out there with a crossbow this year. So I got we got him a couple packs of heads um, to get out there and start chasing these deer. But um, appreciate you guys tuning in all the way to the show. Um, appreciate you checking out the new sponsor and using that code WLP15. That helps me out a ton, guys. All my Patreon guys, a podcast is coming soon where I'm breaking down the bucks that I have, announcing the winner for the Good Set Mobiles, um, and another giveaway that I'm planning um, during season. And we're going to do a full podcast on what I plan on content-wise for season, so you guys will have a rundown and idea of that. Cannot thank you guys enough for supporting the show in the absolute biggest way that you can um, and really motivate me to come out here every Wednesday and hit that record button so I get an episode out for you guys. Um, for all the listeners, cannot thank you enough for being here. You guys run this show. I do this for you. I don't make enough money to do this without you guys coming to listen and support the show. I'm doing it because there's thousands of people that come listen to this show every week that want the content, and I'm out here because of you guys every Wednesday in my garage, no matter what the time, what the day, it's getting released 11 a.m. Central Time. I love you guys. Always try to do the right thing. Try to leave a legacy, and Whitetail Legacy is out. So I'm coming in your holes next Wednesday at 11 a.m. Central Time.